<laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. Hello. I am in Copenhagen in my hotel room. It is 7 o'clock in the morning, 6.45. I've been awake since 4.30. Why am I telling you all this? I don't know. This is going to be a true rambling. Drink something, please. Mm. If you started listening to this without liquid, I suggest you pause and go grab some. Yeah. Okay. True ramblings. <laughs> um, throughout this podcast, I'm going to be telling you things like 25 essential things that you should be doing every day. But I don't like order. Uh, order. I need order. But I don't like it in my mental space. I like it in my physical space to, to the utmost. I love order. Clean, organized, steamed, ironed, <laughs> everything. Uh, although I never actually end up ironing anything myself. Huh. Okay. But in my mental space, I don't like any sort of structure. So a list. Ah, hmm. But um, we have so much to talk about, and actually this uh, <laughs> this episode is not going to be called, well, this segment can be called True Ramblings, but what we're actually going to be talking about is um, a concept that I would like to call Gattaca. If you've ever been told by somebody about some imperfection or other that you have physical, mental, anything, if you've ever been told by somebody oh, that doesn't matter. Nobody cares about that. And inside you bristled at the thought because you know, in fact, that it absolutely fucking matters and this person is lying to you. Then you will like this podcast, this episode, because I'm going to prove to you. It's, it's not enough to tell people things. I, I get really um, tired around people who like to just tell you shit I, if I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to prove it to you. If I can't prove it to you, there's no real reason to talk about it. So you haven't believed those people when they've said that because you know better, right? You know how society works and you know all these things are matter and everyone's looking at each other all the time. Uh, 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 and we're making all our decisions based on, uh, uh, uh. okay, cool. So no one can tell you any different, right? But I can prove to you. <laughs> I can prove to you that what you think is true isn't. And I'm going to do that in the Gattaca section. So first, let's get the rambles out the way. You know, I like to kind of unwind with you, get you into that space. Remember in Psycho-Cybernetics, we didn't talk about it until after I told you that crazy story. Same. Hey, if you have something to smoke, you should probably smoke it. <laughs> I'm already there, so you get there. <laughs> okay, drink something, please. All right, so first, true ramblings. Number one thing you should be doing every day. Soaking some organic almonds, and by some, I mean seven, in water overnight. Pick a dish that you don't care gets stained, because it will get stained. When you wake up in the morning the next day, peel them and eat them. I've been asking my dad about 
hair and kind of out of like I have to ask him because I when people ask me about my hair I don't know what to say because I don't think I'm doing anything out of the ordinary at all if anything I just started like oiling my hair before I wash it and stuff like that I never used to do that so what he said is that it's diet so I've been eating the seven peeled almonds like soaked overnight and peeled I've been eating those since I could chew every morning so like since three or four and then everything I've eaten ever at home or when I was growing up with my parents was cooked in olive oil nothing else so those two things I would recommend is that every day you eat those almonds. They're also really good if you suffer from migraines and headaches. And that you either cook in olive oil or at once a day have something with olive oil in it, preferably raw. So that's two things. Three, like I just said, oil your hair before you wash it. I've been using a mix of, please drink something. I've been using a mix of black seed oil and olive oil because it turns out um, actually that black seed oil has something in it. Uh, well, in our culture, you know, we refer to it in Muslim culture as the cure of all diseases. Uh, but it has something in it that is similar to the components of hydrochloroquine which makes a lot of sense. Um, so I've been using it like, let's say three parts black seed oil out of like eight parts olive oil, but I also have a lot of hair. Uh, and then just like really massaging it into the scalp a lot and putting a plastic bag over my head and then over my hair, over my hair. Sounds weird. Um, and then just letting it sit for a few hours. Some people say you could do it overnight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, excuse me, I wouldn't do that. Um, I think there's a point, at least my hair, my hair needs to be slightly dry. If it's too moisturized and too silky, it almost goes flat, like in a couple of days. I like my hair dry enough that I don't have to wash my hair for at least a week. And then over the week, it gets a little bit oily and then it looks pretty soft and silky for a few days. And then it gets its way towards being oily again. And then I oil it and wash it again. So there's that. You should be using your face roller every day. And I know it's a hassle and I know it puts three extra steps on your skin routine because then you have to tone before and then you have to clean the face roller and then you have to tone after. So four steps because then you got to roll your face. And honestly, I'm not crazy about adding four steps to your skin routine, but it works so well. It's like magic. I mean, it's not. It's just physiology. It's your lymph system, which is extremely, extremely sophisticated, complicated, wonderful. But you're just, you know, if your lymph carries your emotions or like the gunk 
that the blood of your emotions has filtered out and now the lymph is carrying it away. You can almost see the metaphysical link between pushing all this stuff out of your face because your face looks the way it does because of the faces you make. You make the faces you make because of how you feel, right? So the shape of your face has a lot to do with how you feel and how you feel if it's if it's negative ends up in your lymph system gunk that needs to then be the proverbial you know phlegm right the mucus that needs to be filtered out so those lymph channels exist in your face as well and they are full or empty because of the way your muscles push and pull at them when they make certain expressions and those expressions are determined by how you feel. So there it is. So what you do when you face roll or more appropriately gua sha, but then I'm, I think then you have to use a very specific routine, which you should look at anyway. It'll take you a second. And it's just basically upward motions where all the angles in your face are. And then very importantly to go down over the center of your neck where your thyroid gland is and do it there for quite a while. And then start there in the center where the thyroid is and do it to one side and then do you know, the same amount of times and do it to the other side, just stimulating that thyroid gland. Those, if you start doing that every day, no matter how you look right now, in two weeks from now, you will not believe the difference in the shape of your face. It is so essential. And I really genuinely feel like you can affect the mind with the body, the body with the mind. When you do this and you get into it, it's part of a larger calmness that comes over you. I think your muscles get retrained and your lymph system gets retrained and therefore so do you. It's getting cleared out and so are you. The other, okay, next thing. I'm drinking something now. <laughs> next thing. The celery juice. I don't think I've talked about it in a podcast yet. Um, I saw it online a couple of years ago, was grossed out by it, read a little more about it where people were saying it dehydrated them. And I thought, okay, definitely never doing this. And then this past time when I was in London, the day I landed, I made the mistake of going to a salon. And I didn't, uh, I can't say I didn't realize because I totally fucking knew what was going on. But I told myself I didn't realize that the place was swarming with Corona. Uh, not the places in the 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 parlor, <laughs> the hairdressers, whatever, um, but just the city. I knew it. I knew it. And I went in there and I told myself, oh, geez, you know, okay, but I need a blowout. So, and then right after right after I got the blowout and I was walking and then I got a manicure, pedicure, whatever. When I was leaving, I put my hands through my hair and some of it came out in my hand. And I was like, what the fuck? Right away I knew something was wrong, right away. The moment I left, I was like, something is wrong with my scalp, something is wrong with my hair. And for the next 
three months through the quarantine, my hair was just shedding, 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 shedding. There were a few weeks there where I became quite terrified, actually. Because it just wouldn't stop falling out. It's like, what the fuck? And then I started looking online and I found a paper by a group of dermatologists. Mm. And they were saying that they had seen a lot of people calling in asking about hair shedding during corona and being told by their primary physician that it was just stress because this is such a trying time for people and they have financial worries and they have um not they we all of us have financial worries and um you know housing worries there's so many places where our government or the American government refuses to catch the ball. There's so many balls that have dropped <laughs> in so many sectors that it is beginning to look not the not the sickness itself, but the cleanup, the damage control is beginning to look like a systemic, purposeful destruction of anyone who was even close to the poverty line. That it's beginning to feel like it's on purpose. But we'll talk about that. So this group of dermatologists in this paper had said that Indeed, that was true for the reasons I just explained, but, and however, <laughs> um, they had also done tests on the scalp and noted that the virus was having some sort of an alopecia effect on the scalp, like an autoimmune response to the scalp. And the, the coronavirus ha- seems to have some sort of a autoimmune component it's like the way I've been thinking of it since the moment I heard about it is that it sounds like a AIDS flu like a flu that can give you AIDS I don't know why because it just seems that people's symptoms are so varied and it seems to go and hit you in the only place where your immune system is compromised and whenever I hear immune compromised, it makes me think of AIDS and the way they're describing this thing and what it does to the body, all these different responses you can have. It seems like, it feels like it's a <clears throat> highly transmissible form of like an AIDS flu. So after a few months of that, going on with my scalp and after reading that paper I was like oh got it that's what's happening (laughs) and shout out Sam Sam sent me a um Sam at this is how I look our friend friend of the podcast friend of the refam refam she was very kind and she sent me this diet I could do 
to prevent, you know, to if it was an autoimmune response and there were things you could do, you could eat certain things and then your scalp wouldn't react that way. And I was like, okay, that's good. And then more RefM reached out. I think I mentioned it a couple of times on the on the lives. And one person in particular who's a blogger, an Asian blogger, we follow the same Chinese health, Chinese medicine doctor on Insta. So she, like when we looked at each other's profiles, we were like, oh, hey. And she had written me and said, you just need to start drinking celery juice. It's really important. And I resisted at first, of course. <laughs> but there was something about the way she said it. And she understood what I was going through. And so I was kind of at my wit's end. I'd never realized how much of my identity was wrapped up in my hair. That may sound funny to you, but I I think when you have something or you've always had it, you really do take it for granted. You, you don't even notice it until it's not there. And then you're like, what the fuck am I gonna do? So I got a slow metastasizing juicer which means it just churns slowly so the product, uh, whatever you're juicing, doesn't burn. None of the nutrients are lost. And I started doing it. Organic celery, two bunches every morning, which is, I think, a little bit more than double what you're supposed to drink. I don't care. Um, And here we are about two months later, and my hair has completely stopped shedding. All the hair is growing back that was lost. And my scalp feels like my own again. And yeah. So no matter what your immuno response issue is, if you have any sort of an immuno response thing going on, whether it's your scalp, your gut, whatever, just realize that your liver is full up of all the white blood cells that your body's always sending out to try to fight something that's not there or something it shouldn't be fighting. And those all have to go through the liver and be completely broken down. But your body's doing it all the time, right? So it's like, it's constantly full. And that's a cycle that you won't really be able to break. Because if the liver is filtering everything out for you and your liver is full every day because your immune system won't calm down about something, that's a that's an infinite cycle. Because then the full liver is just going to make you more sick and that's going to cause more of an immune response. So here we go. Now the thing about celery juice is that it cleanses your liver and heals it. Apparently, again, this is RevFam knowledge. Apparently... It has these salts in it, and those salts heal the liver. I heard a lot of things about what that would do if your liver was cleansed out. My liver functions poorly anyway. I heard what it would do for you, that it would make you less angry, less quick to react to things in an angry way. Things that I've always basically blamed on my chart. And... I don't know how much I mean I know I believe it like on a on an intellectual level on an abstract level yeah I believe it but I also I think if I identified my anger with with my my personality like it's a part of my personality a big part of my personality so 
I don't know how believing I was that it would work on me. But subtly and over the past few months, it has definitely worked its magic. I translate it as I just don't seem to care. I think my liver was so inflamed that any little thing would inflame it more and the anger would come. But now that it's calm and healed and chillin', you poke at it and it's just like, okay, I don't care enough to argue about this. I don't know why my liver sounds like Kourtney Kardashian, but there it is. Um, I just don't need to. I don't care enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just don't. It's like the craziest thing. I just don't care. Things happen that I guess should make me mad or afraid. And I just start laughing. And that's definitely not how I was. I was defo defo. Like if something happened that poked at me, I was very quick to react. And, and with 10 times as much anger as what was thrown at me. So this is a huge change. And it's not something that I could have forced myself to do or talked myself into or therapized my way to because it was so much a part of the um, armor that's meant to keep all that bullshit out. You see what I'm saying? So it wouldn't have worked because that's what it's designed to keep out. So everything that com comes at me like that where people are telling me what I should do to 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 do anything. Whenever people are telling me what to do, you're just hitting like a a Teflon surface. It's just not getting through. <laughs> so it had to be eternal. And I guess it had to be physiological going back to that using the brain and body and yeah. The mind to heal the body, the body to heal the mind. So When you don't get angry in the same way, let's work backwards. So the liver stops being inflamed and starts to heal, starts working much more efficiently, starts losing all the fat around it because you're also drinking something that's very alkalized. It's highly, highly alkaline. And then your digestive habits, uh, your, your eating habits and your digestive system starts to change because after you drink the juice for a couple of weeks, your taste buds start to change. You want more greens. You want more fruit. You want more salad. You want more raw olive oil and raw garlic and lemon juice. You, you retrain your body because it's doing such good things for your health. Your mind starts to want more of the things that it can see and feel are, are benefiting you. So if you work backwards, now you're not getting angry as much because your liver is functioning properly. Well, you're not getting angry as much, which means that on an even deeper level, there's a different decision-making process and a different standard that you're holding the external reality to. And that's where you get to the root of it.
your look your outlook on life when your liver is functioning properly which means which means if your liver and your kidneys are functioning properly it means your whole body is you know to a pretty good start there your outlook changes from one of survival and self-preservation to calmness alert efficient, calm. And I think what that reflects is an association. When you, when you have a survival mindset, it's because you are aware fully in every way, all the time aware, looking around, inflamed, that this world is out to hurt you because you're already walking around with this open wound. Right, your liver is 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 overfunctioning or shutting down or fatty or whatever it's doing, it's just not doing what it's supposed to. So you're walking around in your energetic field. You know there's a wound here, so you're walking around with this really bad wound in your side, and anytime anyone comes near you, ah, you know, get away. I'm already wounded. Now I'm going to drink coffee. I was drinking seltzer water. Now I'm drinking coffee. Why am I doing this at 7 a.m.? I don't know. I'm glad I asked for a late checkout. Woohoo! All right. Okay. So that's how you view the world when you have that situation going on. When the wound is healed... You were walking around complete, healthy, highly functional. Your eating habits have changed, which means you look different. And you're going to look different anyway once your liver heals because the shape of your stomach will be different. And the way your body decides to hold its fat will be different. When your liver isn't functioning very well, the body has a tendency to hold fat around the belly the lower belly. Okay. So now your relationship, once you go through this process with the external reality is not, it is out to get me. It's going to poke me in this wound I have in my side. Instead, it becomes neutral. Again, you're alert. You're aware. Highly functioning animal. Interacting with its surroundings. Aware, but calm. Capable. Calm and capable. And to a certain degree, unflappable. What does that sound like? Sounds like self-esteem to me. Now, did I just jump back and forth and sideways and get you from hey, you should drink celery juice if your hair has been shedding since corona to it might actually heighten your self-esteem. Yeah, I think I did. So defo start doing that. No matter how much you think you need it or don't need it, It's just incredible for you. And there's too much, too much poison 
around us everywhere. For us not to be for us not to become conscious of how to best filter out our systems every day. Now, just like the gua sha, the face rolling, and the celery juice, the next item on the list would be you've got to energetically clean out every day. Whether you turn on some music and dance, whether that's your yoga routine, whether that's your meditation, whether you run, whether you take a, you know, a really, really long shower and listen to music and that's your way to do it, whether you paint, you write, whatever you need to do to keep your energetic channels, your meridians flowing with new vital energy that you are pulling out of this vacuum that is full of it, but you need to have a conduit to tap into it and let it flow through you. And that conduit is that place that we call the flow state. If you get into that flow state by running, great, go run. If you're going to get into that flow state by dancing, go dance. If you get into that flow state by sitting down in a cozy room and reading a book until you fall asleep, do it. Or is that just me? Is that just me or are you guys normal? And when you get into that flow state, it's like suctioning a a tube into this infinite energy and it just flows through you and it flows through your energetic canals and your meridians and your chakras and you do it for a little bit and you go about your day. But if you don't do it, it's just like the face rolling. If you get lazy for a few days and not do it, boy, do you start to see it. You start to see it right away. In the same way with the energetic channels, if you don't do what you love for a few days, you start to feel it, don't you? Now, there are some of you out there who are listening to this and thinking, I haven't done what I love in years. Boy, don't you feel it? You feel it, right? So there's that. It goes without saying, but you should be showering at least twice a day, right? Don't go to sleep without taking a shower. I don't know who out there needs to hear that. But just don't do it. Ever. Doesn't matter what time you come home. Doesn't matter how tired you are. Eat an apple and take a shower. The apple will wake you up and the shower will make you go back to sleep. But don't get in your bed with the day still on you. And definitely, definitely take a shower every morning. I don't know, I'm just laughing because I don't know who needs to hear it, but I know there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. Your hair, skin, nails, and teeth are only going to be their best if you're doing something for them every single day. With your hair, that may mean just drinking the celery juice and spraying some 
liquefied aloe vera gel mixed with water into your roots once a day. That's cool. With your skin, you know, you should have a skincare routine with at least a few things that you layer on top of each other and let sit there. I would recommend, I mean, you can go to my Instagram and see what I recommend on there. They're not ads either. I don't know these people. For the teeth, the nails, again, with the almonds and the olive oil. And for your nails, I think the most important thing, aside from diet, is just to be very aware of what your nails can naturally take. You can build them stronger. A year after you start eating almonds every day, they will be a lot stronger. But until you get there, know your limits. It's like this secret culture out there of like girls who are walking around and their nails hurt. Because they've been getting gel for too long and their nail beds can't take it or they're wearing the acrylics and the nails underneath are just getting worse and worse. Like if you're if you're one of those people who's stuck in a bad cycle with your nails, I suggest you take off whatever's on there right now, cut them short, put argan oil on them day and night in the morning and in the evening, start eating the almonds, start doing the olive oil, start doing the celery juice, and then give yourself a few months. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Because within a year or so, you will be able to grow them longer and have your own nails and you won't feel so beholden to you know, a cycle that then becomes hard to get out of. So there's that. See, I've lost complete... Imagine if I tried to count these things that I'm telling you. <laughs> See why? No lists. I mean, you should make lists. You should make lists. I, I just don't make lists. I don't know. I think I made a list like three months ago about something. I wonder if I did all the things on the list. I was being very ambitious that day. I was like, I'm going to make a list. and I'm going to do all these things today. I honestly don't think I did anything I put on the list. Huh. Anyways. So that... What else? I think it's probably pretty important for us all start to start watching The Rising. Um, that new show on YouTube with that Indian guy Sahar and the and the white woman, I don't remember her name. Because they're talking about how our it seems like a very unbiased look at how... Well, they're both very biased on their own side. So it seems like a pretty fair assessment of what's going on, at least within politics. And I watch the PBS NewsHour, but I think I just do that because I've always done it. I used to watch Charlie Rose every day, but that asshole. I watch reruns, though, for Shirzies. If you at are, are at all interested in good conversation, then I think that he's a, he's a pretty good place to start. 
even though he's a Zionist piece of shit. But, you know, just don't watch those interviews where you know he's going to be completely biased and throw every softball possible. But yeah, some kind of a a news source that you can bring yourself to trust, which is almost none. Watch something. If for no other reason than that when you're around people, you don't make them want to kill themselves because you don't know anything about anything of what's going on. Because it just doesn't seem anymore... I think the reason the whole Karen thing is so ironic is because white women have been known, you know, like through things like the crack epidemic in the 80s and then the, what what is referred to as the flourishing, you know, the roaring 90s, even though that was only really for the whites. White women have always been the poster child for I have no idea what's going on in the world. Everything is great. What do you mean? And really so absent on the political scene. Because they were enjoying all the privileges of what 80s and 90s race, the era of racism was. They were socially and financially, most of most of them, untouchable. And so that was a big part of the, the white woman persona from that age, was someone who didn't really know anything about politics and didn't care, didn't have to care. And now, that same group that had so little foundational knowledge has become a strange hybrid of clueless and social warrior, but also deeply criminal. And you can argue that the persona of the 80s and 90s was also deeply criminal because you had people like Hillary Clinton saying things about black children being super predators, uh, while living through the after effects of having the generation before them completely addicted to crack by the American government and then blaming that generation's kids for being super predators. Interesting. And at the same time, you had, you know, the Ferris Bueller's Day Off world. So now... Those women raise children who have that, and then they, and then, and now here we are, right? So that back then was deeply criminal. To be in Ferris Bueller's Day Off world was deeply criminal. Because it's not like everyone didn't know what was going on. Everybody knew. If you didn't know that the American government was putting crack on the streets, you at least knew there was a crack epidemic, right? Okay, okay, I believe you. You didn't know you didn't know that the CIA was the one, you know, littering the streets with crack, right? Okay, cool, I got you. But you did know that there were a bunch of American citizens addicted to crack, right? 
Where are all the charities? Where are all, where's the outrage? Where's the outreach centers? Where are the clinics? It's like what Chappelle said, right? Look how they're handling it now and it's opiates. Completely different. So it was deeply criminal. Even back then, that persona was deeply criminal considering what you have to ignore to keep that mindset. And now, those same people who couldn't be bothered to know anything about politics or the state of the nation, the state of anyone who was also an American but wasn't them, that person has gone to caring whether or not you wear a mask, where you come from in the world, did you vote for Trump or not? And most importantly, we've gone from being passively deeply criminal to active, actively murderous. Help me, help me. I'm being attacked by a black man in the park. The other funny thing about that Central Park incident is that up until that moment that we saw that video of her doing what she was doing to the dog and to the man. Oh, that's not lost on me. She was doing the exact same thing to both. The thing about it is that right up until that moment when you saw that video, the only thing you associated when it came to white women with Central Park was that a long time ago, five teenagers were accused of brutally raping a woman in that same park. So how interesting. That now you see another white woman in the park, but this time. It's a very different story. And at some point, we're also going to have to talk about the fact that we are completely letting it go. That so many of the people that are being caught on camera doing these crazy, crazy things are Zionists. We're going to have to talk about that at some point, but not right now. But it's shocking that we just don't make that connection. It's hella shocking. Hella shocking. (laughs) So. I think my rambles might be over. Oh, if you are into mascara, regardless of how you identify, really, really, really get the hourglass mascara because it's amazing and just wear a little, little bit of it every day. You don't have to do your whole face. If you're not feeling good, if you don't want to do anything, if you don't like wearing makeup, whatever it is, whatever your particular damage is, whatever, but just wear a little bit every day. Do the rest of us a favor, just a little bit. And if you are identifying as a gender that doesn't like or is not typically uh, one that wears makeup, that's fine. Just get yourself an eyelash curler and just curl them slightly. Do us all a favor. Okay, great. Oh, you should definitely, and this is, again, not an ad, I swear. (laughs) I'm in no way supposed to be doing this, but you should definitely get Dr. Dave Gunn's Lash Serum. It's incredible. I have a a feeling there's onion juice in it. It's incredible. 
it works. Oh, that was the other thing that happened after I went to London and got my hair done there. My hair was falling out and so were my eyelashes. Can you believe it? So there's that. I knew there were more things on the list of things that I wanted to, that you should be doing every day. Oh, start with five squats. I mean, stretch beforehand, but start with five squats and then just add one every day. Cause like a, a year from now, you'll be doing like 360, 370 squats a day and you will look bomb. Or what I like to do is like do the squat and then jump up and then do two jumping jacks and then do a squat. That's dope. And the reason you're supposed to do all these things every single day is to take the pressure off of yourself to be a certain way. See, if you don't work towards being something you want to be and you're just upset that you're not there yet, you'll never move. You'll never do it. But if you take a tiny little step step every single day, it will relax part of your mind that's giving you anxiety. That's like, oh my God, I want to be like this, but I'm not, but I'm not, but I'm not, but I'm not. But when you start doing these little, little things, but you do them every day, every day, every day, every day. That's the only form of discipline for some reason that sticks to me. Everything else is total chaos, but the regimen, the workout, the skin, the bathing, the praying, the meditating, the dancing, the almonds, <laughs> the celery juice. It's like once I start doing something, it's like every day, every day, every day, every day. It just gets added to the list of this is what I do every day no matter what is going on. It's just very helpful because you're constantly giving your brain the signal that you are worthy of being looked after and cared for in all these different ways every single day. And your brain starts to wire and rewire and rewire and rewire. And a year or two from now, anyone who even slightly tries to treat you like this or that, you'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. But a lot goes into this right here. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> I be doing a lot <laughs> to make myself like this. And you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> Are you blind or dumb or both? Because <laughs> do you not see? Can you not feel my vibe? Or, you know, you'll be drinking, you'll be on your second year of celery juice and someone will in some way behave like that and you'll just go, okay, and turn around and walk away. <laughs> Which is, which is, I was just narrating for you what goes under the, okay. I mean, I've been doing it now. It doesn't matter what you throw at me. I'm like, <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, 
I agree with you. <laughs> However you feel, you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> and then they'll like be like, no, come on, I'm serious. Yeah, no, I am serious too. <laughs> you go, girl. Like, you're right. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? I, I don't think anything about it. I think you should do it. <laughs> do you know how frustrating that is when someone's trying to fight with you or intimidate you? And you're just like, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, my liver is Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> the calm Courtney is like, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> nobody it's so funny the things that make you calm and happy nobody likes nobody likes being treated like that when they're upset and they want you to join in with in their circus and you're just like oh my god like i've actually thought that a lot lately like people will do and say things and in my head all of a sudden i'll just hear oh my god There's this episode of Rick and Morty where there's me seeks and they go to this restaurant, Jerry and Jerry and what's her face go to this restaurant and the me seeks are trying to kill Jerry because he can't get two strokes off his game. Anyway, it's complicated, but like towards the end of the episode, the me seeks are holding a woman hostage. They have a knife to her throat until Jerry takes two strokes off his game and he hits an onion into a cup. I know this all sounds insane if you don't watch Rick and Morty. But then all of a sudden she goes, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah, that's how I'd be feeling. People do things and I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because I see you. No, it's not that I don't see you. I hear you. I see you. I hear you. I know the drama you're trying to pull me into. And I just like... It's not even like I have to think about it or stop myself or talk myself out of it. It's like genuine surprise. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like that. Are you okay? Are you okay? I've actually said that many times in the past few months. Like, are you all right? And people are like, yeah, I am. Of course. Yeah, I'm all right. Okay. That's a cool. Because once you're not inflamed and anxious, because you're doing all these things every day that bring you peace and security and make you feel like you're making progress and et cetera, et cetera, then you start to notice how almost everybody around you is anxious, is afraid. And that their conversations and their wants and and what they think they need revolves around what would alleviate those fears and satisfy that anxiety. And as someone who doesn't need to be fed and isn't hungry and isn't anxious and isn't afraid... 
because they're healed and not wounded. You begin to not... It's not that you can't relate. Because it makes you very relatable to everybody else when you feel good. You can relate to and have an enormous amount of empathy for anyone who's going through anything. But when people try to take whatever they're going through and somehow blame you and involve you and make it your your cross to bear, you should suffer this with me instead of, can you help me? Which, which is a tricky flip of the coin because people can flip it really suddenly. <clears throat> That's when the healthy, regimented mind and body goes, no no i don't i don't think i will participate in this sorry and also i have 25 things i have to do every day so i don't really have time <laughs> that's what my mom was like my mom was like i got too much to do today i don't have time for this any kind of drama you bring her any drama of any kind she's like wow this would be so much fun if i didn't have 20 things left to do okay i'll talk to you later bye like, bitch, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm too busy for this. <laughs> I think that's what I've aspired to all my life. I've seen her do that to so many people. Like, I'm I'm literally too busy for this. And she's never lying. She does have 10 million things to do. And that's the person we aim to become. Someone who is busy for the right reasons, doing the right things, and not engaging in other people's survival dynamic. I guess you could call it a list of things to do every day to ensure that you stay in that fountain energy. Good. Let's leave it there. I'm going to do the Gattaca part next, but I think I'll publish this part now just so you guys can have it as a treat. And then I'll do the Gattaca part either in an hour or so or tomorrow and we can get into how I can prove to you. See, here's the thing. These things you should do every day for the reasons that we've talked about because it calms the the mind and it changes your relationship to your external, your external reality. These are not things you should be doing just so you look better. And we're going to talk about how even though right now you are absolutely sure that looks determine a lot about how this world treats you. I'm going to prove to you in the next segment or in the next episode, however you want to do it, that that's just not true. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm not just going to say it to you over and over again in different ways. I'm going to show you evidence. 
<laughs> so this is not about you should do these 25 things. So also oil pulling, coconut oil, pull 20 minutes every morning, every evening. Yes. Add it to the list. All of these things really help if you get migraines too, all of them. But this is not just for whiter teeth. It's to get the plaque off your teeth. This is not just to keep your skin looking young and healthy. It's to keep the lymph fluid moving. This is not just so you stop getting angry. It's to keep your liver healed and healthy. This is not just so you can grow longer, stronger hair. It's because almonds have so many of the things we need every day. So I don't want you to think that these are all things you should be doing. Your nails, you should keep your nails healthy because that connection where your cuticle and your nail meet, that's one of the most easy and delicate entry points into the bloodstream that you have. And you need to keep your bloodstream protected. You need your nails to be healthy, not just so they look good. They look good because people think they look healthy. So... Don't feel pressured to do any of those things every day because you need to look better or you need to change. Will that be the byproduct of it? Of course. But it will be because you're healthier, not because you did a bunch of shit to make yourself look better. Because that, as soon as you stop doing whatever you're doing, it's going to go away. This is the kind of stuff that it rebuilds you from the inside. Your body from the inside and your mind. Good. I'm just trying to think of if there's anything else. No, I don't think so. All right. I love you. A lot, a lot, a lot. I'll see you in the next part. It's your girl, DJ Nark. Long live the revolution.